You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholes and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 20 of this season's Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I am delighted to be joined on the line by Tom Hiscock, the editor of the Toolstation Western League Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, doing all right, thanks. Yeah, obviously nearing on Christmas and stuff, so it's all, all, um, all, all happening at once. But yeah, not doing too bad, thanks. And yourself? Yeah, I'm not bad. I managed to make it back from Middlesbrough in one piece. Oh, lovely. Nice trip. Which was... It was beautiful. It was, it was it was a it was a lovely day. I mean, the weather last week, as we know, you know, mm. there'd been plenty of rain around uh-huh. and it played havoc with the uh, with the fixtures. Absolutely. When you sort of get deep onto the, you know, into the heartland of the Somerset levels and, um, you know, it, I mean, it's a credit to Middlesbrough that the game um, was on. But I, I'm led to believe that part of the the fabric of the of, of, of the club, the site that we were at, um, which is a, they've got a lovely clubhouse there, a lovely facility. It's got excellent drainage, which it would need in that part of the world. Mm. But what was quite disconcerting was as I'm sort of driving along the country roads, and of course you catch these wonderful glimpses of the Somerset levels, you know, and you can see these unbroken views all the way through to Glastonbury Tor. And all you can see is water. The whole place <laughs> is flooded. Anyway, you mm-hmm. sort of descend into this, and I was genuinely driving down roads where I was looking to the left and to the right of me. Mm-hmm. And I was seeing water that was in these fields, but it was it felt like it was higher than I was. And I couldn't quite understand how I was dry, uh, but okay. I was. Uh, I got there OK. I mean, the funny thing was, actually, when I when I did get there, the wind, my God. Mm. I mean, oh, yeah, gosh, it has been. Um, yeah, that that's definitely back. It's not quite as cold over the last couple of days, but the wind has really picked up, hasn't it? Yeah, and of course it's going to play havoc with a game of football because you only yes, got to kick it yes. above head height, and before you know it, it's sort of you know on the M5. I mean, it yes. was it was just yeah, it was mad. Um, but no, really good time um, um, had down there with uh, Mind in Somerset. We'll have a chat a bit about that later, but um, um, that was the game that I was at, one of the games that was on. Uh, so we're going to be having a look at the games that were played on Saturday, the, the 9th of December. We're going to kick things off in the Premier Division. Four matches beat the weather in the Premier Division. And we'll kick things off with Brixham. Of course, Brixham, we know how well they've been going. They took on a Clevedon side, probably still smarting from the exit in the FA Vars. But, um, well, it was Clevedon who went home happy, Tom. It did, yeah. The, the visitors taking a, a 2-1 victory in this one. It was, yeah... Um, that was late drama, and this was probably the, in terms of the ones that beat the weather, this was probably the, the pick of the games in terms of uh, the sides in, in form and whatnot. But it was, yeah, Clevedon eventually two-one victors. Uh, they went ahead uh, pretty early on, tenth minute or so, and that was Freddie King putting them one up. Uh, the home side, who've been, yeah, scoring pretty well recently. I think their record of, uh, yeah, they've definitely not had many, uh, any blanks recently. And uh, Sean Adderley made sure that was the case again on Saturday. Uh, he scored 10 minutes before half time, heading home a, a Scott Robinson free kick. And so that made it one apiece. And that was how it stayed for, for the majority of the second half. I think we reached about the 87th minute. Uh, and then it was a substitute who did the business for, for Clevedon. That was Harley Vozer. Uh, and his, uh, yeah, as I say, his effort ended up in the back of the net and uh, gave Clevedon all three points. Now, our next game um, I talked about on last week's podcast um, because it was the game that I was at this time last season, Ilford Coombe Town against Helston Athletic. On that occasion, it was a draw, a hard-fought draw, it has to be said, but Ilford Coombe uh, managed to hang out for a point there, but they didn't on Saturday, did they, Tom? They didn't, no. They came unstuck. Uh, a 2-1 defeat for them at home. 
Uh, it was an own goal to put Helston ahead just prior to half-time, but then Ilfacum uh, battled back just after the break, in fact, to, to get a goal of their own from the spot. So that made it one apiece. Uh, and then it was another uh, late 2-1 victory, and this time going in the favour of Helston. Uh, and that was Declan Cornish going from, from outside the area. Uh, he put them ahead. And, uh, yeah, they hung on uh, for the final 10 minutes or so. And, uh, yeah, Helston uh, taking home the uh, victory from their trip to Ilfacombe. Uh, now we move on to Street. Street, I think, aside, we've been talked about a couple of times mm. recently because we had them on the podcast not that long ago. Um, you know, one of those sides that we use that much used phrase, going under the radar. Well, if they keep <laughs> no, getting results like this, then they won't be, will they? Absolutely not. Up in a, a nice lofty uh, league position, up into up into seventh, I think it is. And uh, yeah, um, leapfrogging their opponents on, on Saturday in, in the table uh, in tour point, a 2-0 win. Uh, goalless at halftime, so they did all their their their, their damage after the break. Uh, on the hour mark, it was Phil Ormrod. He's having a, a pretty pretty decent season. He's their leading scorer, and he he made it one nil. Uh, and then it was a second pretty late on, eighty uh, eighth minute in fact, and that was from Josh Goodwin, and uh, helped the Cobblers wrap up a, a two nil victory. And finally, in the Premier Division, um, we have Wellington. Now Wellington have been going through a bit of a renaissance of late. They've been um, pretty hard to beat. And um, well, Barnstable managed to find a way on Saturday, Tom. They did, yeah. Just just falling short, Wellington, in this one. And uh, But they they made the fastest start. They went ahead. And that was from Tom Burt. And that was very early on. That was after only six minutes. So it was, uh, yeah, great start from the hosts. But then Barnstable, um, yeah, incredible couple of minutes right before halftime, uh, scoring twice in stoppage time at the end of the first half. So a real sucker punch for the hosts. And uh, it was Tor Swan who Got the scoring started for them. Uh, that was a great individual effort. And then it was a couple of moments later, as I say, Harvey Dorothy making it 2-1. And that was uh, that was how it sat at halftime, Barnstable in the lead. Uh, and then they actually continued that ascendancy right out the gate uh, from the second half. And it was Matt by making it making it 3-1 and putting them in a yeah what looked like a, a pretty strong position. And it proved to be just about enough. Kieran Ireland scoring uh, 10 minutes from time to, to get Wellington back into the contest. But they weren't quite able to force home the equaliser. Um, Barnstable, another another away victor. So I think three from four uh, for the away sides in the Prem on, on Saturday afternoon. Well, I'm delighted to welcome, t- for the first time, to the Tool Station Western League podcast, Ben Watson, joint manager of Barnstable Town. And um, Ben, thank you very much for taking the time um, to speak to us. And, and let's start off by talking about that five-goal thriller against Wellington. How did you view the performance? Yeah, so it was... Um... You know, we've been been at the club for um, you know a month now, so you know it's into the, our um, our fifth game in charge. Um, and obviously, you know, in Wellington, they picked up a couple of um, positive results, um, even though they at the moment at the sort of tail end of the, of the league, um, so they had a bit of momentum. So we knew it'd be a tough encounter. Obviously, Barnsley last year um, had a negative results against Wellington, so you know we prepared for. You know, a tough game, and and the and the players performed very well. We were very pleased with how they conducted themselves, and and showed you know fight, grit, and commitment that we were looking for, and obviously some really good football at the same time. So yeah, really pleased to pick up a positive result. And um, was that the perfect way to get over the disappointment of um, of those defeats to Falmouth? Yes, it was. You know, obviously, you know, we being at a club at Barnstable and giving players opportunities, we took a lot of training. We've been working hard on the training field um, and getting to know the players and connected with them. So it, all these things take a bit of time, and we're starting to see that personality from players come through and what they can give us as a squad. And we said that to the players before. You know, it's, it's about obviously, you know, the squad. It's about, you know, um, peaking and, and playing. And it might be a case of from the start or coming on. And there's always a plan behind things. And you know, we we would take one game at a time. 
we we learn from our sort of mistakes and our, our defeats and, and, and we try to, you know, turn the table and put it in a, in a positive light. So it's good to get three points on Saturday and we, we look forward now. Now, we're, we're going to get into your journey to the Barnstable dugout later in the interview. Um, and obviously you've mentioned that, um, you know, it's, it's only been a month into the job. But I noticed when I was looking back at your results that you had a Les Phillips Cup tie at Middlezoy. Now, Middlezoy... Yeah is a club that I was at at the weekend. I'd never been there before. The whole setup there, I was really impressed with. It fascinated me. It was a close-run game on the night, wasn't it? What did what did you make of Middlesoy? Yeah, it was really nice, Middlesoy. You know, it's the first time I've been there personally myself. Very, very nice facilities, nice pitch, and, and the change room, good infrastructure there. And, um, yeah, it was a really close game. You know, we obviously approached it like we do. We, we respect the opposition by... By um, you know, given our rule, um, and you know, we, we were looking at a, a negative result. We, we but we we grind out to the end with a couple of adjustments, and the players pushed, and we managed to get an equaliser in the final moments. And we were we managed to keep our composure and win on penalties. And um, you know, they would have been disappointed, but you know, they conduct themselves in the right way. And nice hospitality there. We shook hands at the end, and yeah, very good good luck to them uh, for the season. Now you've mentioned um, that you've not been in the position for long. You've been in post for about a month. What was it that attracted you to the Barnstable job? Yeah, so obviously um, Barnstable, I've played there a few times as a player. Um, I know a you know, good history of the club, and know that you know fans are passionate and and you know want the best for their team, and um, you know it's a real community feel there. Um, I spoke to the chairman um, a couple of times on my, on my travels, and he's always sort of you know spoke highly of the club and what their ambitions were. And, you know, from myself and Jack's perspective, we felt, you know, a club of ambition and, and shared our sort of vision in terms of wanting to, you know, be progressive and, and play the right way and, and create that culture. Um, and we, we feel that Barnsville, we could do that there. Uh, and we hopefully we can we can show that hard work and dedication and, and, match, and that's aligned with our ambitions. So it's going to take a bit of time. Um, you know, we stopped, we, we learned a lot about the club in the first month. Um, obviously, you know, we want to make sure that we can get everything right on and off the pitch. Uh, and make that sort of you know real environment, real culture at the club about winning and, and doing things in the right way, um, and playing the right the right um, style of football. Well, um, Barnstable certainly are an ambitious club. So, what expectations have been set for you to achieve this season? Yeah, so I think with anything, you know, when we had you know a process of an interview uh, in terms of the job, it was it was very um, you know it, it was, from, from the first instance, it was a case of you know showcasing what what we feel we could bring to the club um you know again we're ambitious ourselves and we feel that we've you know we've got um, a good network within within the uh, area and, and, and with cl- clubs and whether that's local or whether that's professional clubs you know and we feel we we want to make sure that we give players opportunities you know young hungry players as well as seasoned players and things um and you know it is an ambitious club like you say um you know we want to be challenging for honours you know, every season. Um, at the same time, you know, it's a competitive league in the Western League. There's a lot of ambitious clubs within it, and we just got to make sure that we're, we're doing things one step at a time. Um, and the first thing is, is like you say, hard work, putting the hours in. You know, uh, and then that will turn into positive um, results, um, and that's what we want to do. Well, you've got Brixham up next at home, and that's going to be a real test for you, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Brick. Brixham, we know a lot about them, myself and Jack. Obviously, we was at Crediton last year and we are challenging Brixham at the top of the table. Um, you know, so, and they, they, show, they show that, you know, they've stepped up this season and they're, they're fifth at the moment in, in the Western League and, uh, and doing well, you know, so credit to them. 
um, but at the same time, you know, we know what we've got. Uh, we're gonna, you know, we're at home, and like you say, we're gonna take one game at a time. The players are starting to sort of buy into how it's done, and that was a proof of, in terms of the way we got the result on on Saturday. We just want to take it one step further and put hard work in this week, and we'll be respecting Brixham like we do every single team. But we'll be, um, we'll be, uh, like you say, looking to be front foot against Brixham and take the game to them and, and give our, our fans something to cheer about on Saturday, hopefully. And then after that, it's a festive trip to Oldland Abertonians. And, of course, that will bring about a meeting with, shall we say, the ghost of Christmas past. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, obviously, you know, uh, Botswell manager Craig Laird is, is obviously there now. Um, obviously, Craig, you know, um, and well at the club and, and you know, left... Um, you know, good impression with the with the players. You know, so we inherited that sort of um, you know, from Craig, and you know, we we thank him for his his hard work and dedication before he obviously went on for new pastures. So, again, it'd, it'd be good to 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 meet Craig. Um, I've known him for a while. One of our playing days at Dorchester, and he was at Western Supermares manager. So, you know, a lot of we got you know Scott Laird, his son, with us um, at Barnstable. So it'd be a it'd be a good to you know get the bragging rights, let's say, and uh, keep our run going, hopefully, on the um, 23rd against them. Excellent. Now, one question I ask all the managers the first time I get a chance to speak to them on the podcast is to is to find out a little bit about uh, about you and your footballing sort of um, history. So can you tell us about your yeah. footballing journey to the Barnstable dugout? Of course, no problem. So I was, um, I'm was i from Sussex originally in my um, uh, young days playing at Brighton and Hove Albion. Um, I got a scholarship at Brighton, so I was um, up to under 19s, um, and unfortunately I didn't get a pro contract. So I, I played for Bognor Regis Town um, in the Conference South at the time, and I scored a lot of goals, 34 goals by Christmas, and um, yeah, I got an opportunity to turn into league football, but it wasn't. Um, I didn't take that opportunity at that time. Um, then I went to Grays a couple of years after, and I went to City, uh, where I had a loan spell. We had a that, that resulted in us getting promoted from the Conference to, to League Two. And I signed a, a you know a, a deal there, um, and I was sixth choice striker at the time, and I managed to you know get first choice by October and secure the new deal. Um, uh, so I was three years at Exeter, and it was blighted by injuries, unfortunately. But um, I done my coaching badges while I was while I was 19 when I got released originally. So I've always been into coaching, and, um, and then when I knew my body couldn't you know sustain the uh, the full time route, I done part time football at Eastbourne Borough, as uh, Dorchester. Truro, Biddeford, um, and then, like you say, um, a few local clubs. And then, obviously, this has taken me to the coaching journey. I've coached in the uh, Exit Academy for 12 years uh, myself, um, as well as the community department, uh, Exit Community Trust, where I coach now, um, giving my stuff into the community. So, again, it's not just a case of doing it on the pitch. It's, it's very important that we do things off the pitch. And I think we've got a duty to, you know, really be that sort of driving pillar for the whole community. Um, and be a hub for a safe place for everyone to come enjoy sport and the health and well-being and uh, and so forth. So football plays a big part in that. Excellent stuff, excellent stuff. Now, just before you go, this is the um, festive season, of course, so are we allowed to ask what you've asked Santa for in your Christmas stocking? Of course, not a problem. I think it's quite an easy one, really. I think we've... Um, I think we're, loads of wins we want loads of wins <laughs> loads of winning games of football but no we just want to just make sure that we you know all our players stay, stay safe secure you know, injury free uh, and we can uh, hopefully get some positive results over the Christmas period and, and taking that into the new year one day I'm sure one of the managers I ask is, is going to say that they've asked for some Lego 
or something like that. But um, um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that many people listening to this will, will, will echo um, what you've said. Ben, it's been lovely speaking to you for the first time. Thank you ever so much. And uh, I look forward to speaking to you again on the Toolstation Western League podcast. Ian, thank you very much. And like I say, thanks for all your hard work behind the scenes and um, driving the, the league forward. And um, you have a good Christmas as well. Cheers. Thanks a lot. And now, a message from our sponsor. Whatever the job, with over 25,000 products in stock and ready to go, you can click, collect and conquer at Toolstation. Now, moving into the first division, three matches beat the weather here and we'll kick things off at Cribs Reserves. Their um, season continues to go from strength to strength and uh, so it did against Canesham Town at home on Saturday. Well, yeah, incredibly. Uh, late drama in this one. They were yeah staring down the barrel of a... I wouldn't call it a shock defeat because I think Kensham have picked it up recently, haven't they? I, I would say. I think they're um, yeah, doing rather well. And it looked, as I say, it looked like they might yeah, claim the uh, the surprise victory. Jamar South Thomas putting them ahead uh, 10 minutes from time. So this was, uh, yeah, definitely um, all the all the drama coming in the in the final final stages of this one. But uh, unfortunately for, for Kensham, that seemed to awaken the beast. And uh, yeah, Cribs getting back on level terms uh, through Liam Clayton. Uh, after 87 minutes, so that made it one all. And then, yeah, just a couple of moments later, they managed to actually steal ahead and claim all three points. So brilliant late fight back from from the home side. And it was Tom Hedford uh, scoring in stoppage time, uh, giving Cribs Reserves a 2-1 win at home to Kingsham. Well, I'm delighted to welcome back to the Tool Station Western League podcast, Alec Mills, the manager of Cribs Reserves. Alec, thank you very much for taking the time. Um, to speak to us and um, with so many matches cancelled at the weekend uh, I was really pleased to see your game with Canesham uh, beat the weather um, was there any doubt ever that the game wouldn't go ahead? I think we will first of all we've got we've got an excellent playing surface through sort of uh, through our volunteer groundsmen and we're generally um, okay when there's uh, when there's sort of heavy rain, we're usually one of the few grass pitches to uh, to get the go ahead. And um, although it was quite heavy, um, I was always confident that the game was was uh, would get played. And um, yeah, the, the pitch was fine. Well, two um, one, you won in the end. Um, was it as close as the scoreline suggests? Yeah, we were a bit fortunate. If I if I'm honest, really. Um, we didn't play particularly well on the day. Kingston were, were were quite lively and uh, belied their sort of their, their lowly status in the uh, in the table and, and gave gave us a real good good run for our money. Um, they scored relatively late and and we uh, we responded with with two very late goals, um, including the the winner five minutes into injury time. So it, it was unjust on them to be quite honest. I'm glad you make those comments about Kenshin because I look at the league table and I just don't understand why they're down there. I know they've had a few, you know, difficult days at the office this season, but they are a much better team than the than their league position would suggest. That's certainly um, my view. Um, yeah, we've played them twice within the last six weeks or so. Um, admittedly, we've won both games, but but both games were were relatively tight. Um, and yes, like you, I've been quite surprised with um, with some of the, uh, the heavy heavy score lines that um, have gone against them. And um, well, let's talk about you and your position in the league table. You're up to second. You must be delighted with that. We are. We continue to sort of um, exceed all expectations. Um, as we spoke about um, 
after the first game of the season, it was a bit of a step into the unknown for us. Um, we had a really, really strong start to the season and we've been able to, to carry that on. As you say, we're up to second. That's probably slightly uh, slightly an inflated position due to um, particularly Brislington's games in hand and, and also Radstock's games in hand. But um, certainly we're, we're very pleased with um, how things are going. And of course, you are emulating your first team because they're currently second in the Southern League. So, I mean, it's a great time for uh, for everyone involved at Cribs at the moment. Absolutely, yes. We we both both us and and our first team had outstanding seasons, winning our respective uh, leagues last year, and both got promotions. Um, and we've both carried the uh, carried it on during the opening months of the season at the higher levels. So, um, so yeah, we're delighted with how things are going on the pitch. I do hope you're getting the credit that you deserve, though, because obviously I know Richard Luffman has done incredibly well. I mean, obviously, since the time that I can remember him managing Cribs in the Western League. But I mean, you know, you're you're more than holding your own in what is an incredibly competitive first division this season. Absolutely. Yes, we've cert- certainly um, we as a reserve team have had some uh, some quite nice um, praise. And obviously, this is the second time I've been invited onto your podcast, which is also nice and um it, it's really it's testament to uh to the team and the players that we've had and had for several years now and have progressed through the leagues and, and they're now getting their uh their moment in the sun you, you your form has been um really good we, we've talked about that but you've had a couple of um there have been a couple of blips one of them uh, was a, a draw against um radstock and you went to you, you lost 2-1 to to bradford town so i mean what did you make of those two sides when you came up against them yeah, um, so in, in terms of the Radstock game, sort of, I guess you'd you, you say that, that, that you mentioned that was a blip. I, I wouldn't call that a blip particularly. They were second in the table. They're right up there. And it was a really strong competitive game. And I personally, I was delighted with the, with the performance and the result. Um, and I think a draw in, in that game was a fair result. As regards the, uh, the Bradford game, um, I think from memory, we we were on an eight-match winning streak going into that game, and they they are a, a long-established club at this level, and indeed step five, and it was a really, really close game. There wasn't much in it, and we were on the wrong end of the result. It could easily have gone gone the other way. Um, there wasn't much in that game, so so certainly they are they are both two strong sides. And as only the Western League fixture calculator can conjure up, um, you've got a trip to Radstock on Saturday, where I'm sure you'll experience some fantastic hospitality off the pitch, but they probably won't be that hospitable to you on it. No, we'll 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 take it the way we've taken every trip. So it's a it's a step into the unknown. We've never played been played at their place before. Um, we've never played a competitive fixture against them until until last midweek so yeah we look forward to the journey and and obviously if you look at the table it's it's quite a quite a big game for both of us yeah mouth-watering prospect but then you've got a game against uh, the league leaders you're away at Portishead and I, I guess that's one of those games where you really you don't have any trouble getting the players up um, in your pre-match team talk we, we shouldn't it's a, a, I guess that's our that's our boxing day fixture um, and it is quite a, a mouth-watering prospect. 
I guess it will be just be interesting. Hopefully, um, hopefully we don't have too heavy a Christmas day. <laughs> Could be a great leveller. Uh, and actually, one final question um, to you, Alec. And it's great to get you back on the podcast. But um, I mean, it's Christmas time, so uh, are we allowed to know what you uh, what you've asked Santa for this Christmas? Oh, I'm far too old, <laughs> far too old for for worrying about, about presents. So um, I just hope to have a have a nice uh, nice rest. Well, nothing more go. than that. Very very Three sensible. Three points would be nice. Obviously, that that would be the obvious cliche answer. Three um, points at Portis Head. That would be nice. <laughs> there we go. We'll have a we'll have a word with the big man. I don't think Kai Mountford will, will thank me for saying that though. Anyway, um, Alec, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. It's been great um, um, having you on and watching your journey. And we you, you never know how it might pan out. We m- might get another chance to speak to you before the end of the season. No, thank you very much. And once again, thank you for inviting me on. Now we'll move on to the game that I was at, Middlezoy Rovers, at a windswept, water-swept, Somerset levels. Mm-hmm. They took on Portishead Town. Yeah, and there was, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a deluge uh, from the, the away side, a 5-1 win. Uh, plenty of goals for them. Uh, George Fowler uh, getting the ball rolling uh, with a curled finish pretty early on, but then he, he handed over to the main man, really, didn't he? Ethan Felton. Uh, we've discussed him plenty of times, and yeah, he was uh, on form again on on Saturday afternoon. He managed to managed to score four. Uh, definitely not his first uh, hat trick of the campaign. I don't think it, it potentially will be his last. Um, they were the home side reduced to reduced to ten uh, pretty early on, and the game only one nil at that stage. So definitely might have had a bearing on 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 the outcome, or maybe not, because Felton was obviously in the mood. Uh, he made it 2-0 pretty soon after and then scored twice more before half-time. So he managed to to bag a first-half hat-trick, uh, scoring another right at the beginning of the second half. So, yeah, he's um, uh, yeah he's um, pretty unstoppable right now, I'd go as far to say. And then uh, Middlesbrough, to be fair, did get a goal back after about an hour or so. But, yeah, they were uh, defeated in a pretty heavy manner on, on Saturday afternoon. It was Port's Head who took home the 5-1 win. Yeah, it was comprehensive stuff by um, mm. the first division leaders. I did think that the weather was going to be a great leveller. And I think perhaps Middlesbrough thought it was going to be a great leveller as well, but Portishead, they got out the blocks very quickly. They took their chances and um, they were really ruthless. It was a very clinical um, performance by Kai Mountford's men. Uh, as I said, right at the top of the pod, um, my first trip to Middlesbrough and um, really uh, enjoyed the facilities there. Uh, you know, it's a really tidy um, Western League um, ground and um, also a huge thank you to the generosity of the supporters from both sides, I have to say. Paul just said were fantastic, which is um, a special shout out for them because um, it wasn't that long ago I was doing a bucket collection for mine at Portishead. So um, um, they did remember me and my bucket, <laughs> and, um, and but they gave generously, as did the Middlesbrough Rovers um, supporters. So much so, a special shout out to um the club you know the players as well um they were november's first division fair play award winners and they have kindly um donated the the winnings to mind in somerset in sort of recognition of what we were doing on on saturday so um my thanks to allison from mind in somerset who joined me and craig and berry who was um really instrumental in in uh, making sure that uh, um the day went ahead so i was really pleased that it did um pro- middlezoy fans probably weren't that pleased that the day went ahead quite as it did um but you know um a good time was had by all uh, after the game so um portis head will have gone home happy and middlezoy hopefully will have had a few sore heads 
in the morning. Anyway, um, one final game to talk about. And um, it was a tight affair between your boys odd down and Longwell <laughs> Green Sports. It was indeed, yeah. And it was, uh, in fact, as you say, tight affair. Only one goal deciding it and another away winner. Uh, plenty of them on, on Saturday. So I think from the... Uh, the seven games that we had in total, I think it was five away winners. So, uh, yeah, it was obviously uh, a good thing to to do the travelling on Saturday. And it was uh, Alfie Clark who did the uh, did the business for Longwell Green, his first half goal, uh, putting them one up. And they, they managed to hold on. I think they were just from updating the tables for, for the bulletin. Uh, they were the big movers, Longwell Green. I think they shot up uh, four or five spots on, on Saturday into the top half. So, uh, yeah, good result for, for the Longwell Green side on, on Saturday. Now we'll take a look at the upcoming fixtures. Um I guess that the the the, eye, the most eye-catching um, fixture continues to be uh, Wells City's clash with Hamworthy <laughs> Recreation. Maybe. <laughs> which, which, yeah, which if it's on, uh, which has been switched, we have to report. Mm. This is the news, listeners, that um, the game that failed um, to be, um, I should say completed, because I think the first time these two played, it did get underway, but it was abandoned That's because right. of fog. Um, Hanworthy Recreation, anyway, the game has switched to Wells City. For any Western League fans looking for a bit of um, Vars football, um, then um, a, a trip to Wales is definitely the order of the day. Uh, they play at, at three o'clock on Saturday, the 16th of December. And um, Tom, what about the Premier Division? What, uh, what, what game tickles your fancy in the Prem? Ooh, well, alongside the, uh, the Friday night uh, Bridgewater Street clash, which should be good. We touched on uh, Street and the good stuff. Uh, going on there, so they get a, a nice trip on Friday to Bridgewater. I've gone for uh, Saturday afternoon's game between Shepton and Clevedon. So we've got uh, eighth facing second, uh, and Clevedon looking for some pretty uh, quick fire revenge. Uh, only suffered one league defeat, and that was at the hands of Shepton on December the 6th, which is less than a week ago as we record, just uh, pretty recently, uh, the last midweek. Uh, so yeah, Clevedon will be looking to to um, yeah get back in the in the winner's circle, and uh, yeah, as I say. Uh, maybe not revenge the right word, but they they will want to. Oh, yeah. I think it is. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. <laughs> they, yeah, the only team to have beaten them. So uh, yeah, they'll be looking to to get one over on Shepton on on Saturday afternoon. So that should be uh, yeah decent clash. I think you're right there. I think that'd be highly charged. Um, the game that tickles my fancy is Barnstable Town against Brixham. Um, Barnstable um, at well both of these sides, of course, going well. But you know, on their day, they're both capable of having a blip and and they've they've had a, a couple recently so um really i think both of these sides will fancy that they can get something out of this game which i think um um could mean it's uh, a very very competitive fair and of course two sides well supported so i reckon that there'll be a good crowd at barnstable for that one as well um now we're moving to the first division tom what game have you chosen here Gone for another uh, quick turnaround. So these two sides, I think, met on the same night as uh, Cleveland and Shepton uh, last Wednesday. Uh, and that was Radstock and Cribs Reserve. We've already uh, said how well Cribs are going. And that is third versus fourth. So, uh, yeah, this is definitely the uh, the pick of the games if, you, if you're looking towards the top of the table. I think both teams have just cleared the 50-point mark. So, uh, yeah, they're both going great guns. Yeah, that's right. Just having a quick look. Both have already got 16 league wins, which is some going at this stage of the, the season. So, yeah, that should be uh, yeah top top class match, I would have thought, on Saturday. I think you're right. Um, I am uh, intrigued by the tie between Bradford Town and Cadbury Heath. Um, two of these sides, I think, on their day, very strong Western League um, sides. Bradford Town, I guess, would... Um, 
uh, fancy themselves favourites. They've certainly got home advantage, but that won't put off Cadbury Heath. I saw them do a very professional job away at Radstock Town. And also, actually, when you look at the league tables, I mean, one of the, we're not going to do the league tables. And one of the reasons we're not doing the league tables today is because um, the, the fixture, the postponements, um, have caused a, a sort of a massive disparity between how many games um, sides have played. And actually, when you look at Bradford in seventh and Cadbury Heath um, in 13th, um, with the games in hand that Cadbury Heath over, have over Bradford, they could uh, mathematically overhaul their opponents. So what that tells me is that actually the, these two sides are much more closely matched than um, uh, than perhaps their league placings would suggest. So then before we sign off for another week, Tom, we will do the league tables next week because it has been a while since... Um, um, since we have done them, although, of course, they are available for all to see on, on our website, on the app and on your excellent bulletin, which we will be talking a bit about in a minute. But can you give us the um, the hot shots? We were talking about um, one of them. In fact, the one difficult to go. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to look past Ethan Felton. Uh, of course, before Saturday, many people would have been asking the question, could Ethan Felton do it <laughs> on a windy Saturday in November, in December, uh, at uh, Middlesbrough, and of course he he answered that he could. But um, just uh, well, just how many goals has this young man got? Well, we're looking at league goals only, and he's on thirty-two already, which is some go. I mean, I don't know if he can keep going at this this rate. He might be nearing nearing a fifty mark if he if he if he can. I mean, I as I said earlier, I don't think it's his last hat trick of the season. So uh, yeah, if he can can keep up that um, that form he's gonna yeah he's gonna eclipse some records isn't he he's up to as I say he's up to 32 now so and that's just league goals alone I think in the uh, in the uh, all comps he's got got a few more so he's definitely uh, the leading marksman so far this term uh, elsewhere in the first division we've got Matt Garner of Wincanton on 19 uh, Milo Murgatroyd of Vod uh, down on 16 and then Louis Snell and he's been scoring quite a few braces of recent weeks uh, he's at Shirehampton. He's got 15 league goals. So in in the first, that's that's how the top four sit in the uh, the the scoring charts at the moment. And um, what about the hot shots in the Premier Division, Tom? Well, we've got uh, we've got some top guys at the top. We've got uh, Jack Fawn of Bridgewater. He's got 16 league goals. So he's uh, he's helping uh, helping his side uh, mount their uh, title challenge. Uh, we've got Jared Lewington of Buckland on 13, alongside Helston's Ricky Shepherd. Uh, and then Phil Ormrod, as I say, who scored again on the weekend, he's now up to, to 12 streets. So that's how uh, the top couple uh, lie in that division. We've also got a couple of chaps on 11, I think probably worthy of a, of a mention. Ryan Richards of Torpoint and Curtis Damarell of uh, Helston, uh, both on 11, as I say. So that's uh, that's how the things are looking at the moment in the uh, scoring charts. Excellent stuff. Those scoring charts, of course, in the bulletin, along with the league tables, along with the fixtures and the match reports that we've been reviewing. Where can the listeners find that, Tom? Oh, that is on the uh, toolstationleague.com uh, official website. Uh, it's on the homepage. If you sort of scroll down a little bit, you can uh, just uh, on the left-hand side and then click on the, the tab and that's where you'll, you'll find that. Excellent stuff. Tom, thank you very much indeed for your time. And I look forward to catching up with you on next week's Toolstation Western League podcast.